Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. And we've called this series, I've Got Questions. And I'm sure you've noticed, but we've got a lot of questions in our culture that need to be answered. And some of you that are a little more advanced, a little more seasoned, Try not to use the word old-er, just a little more seasoned in life. Some of you know that some of the questions that we're having to wrestle with today and answer today, they weren't even really questions that were on the table 15 and 20 years ago. Like, uh, what sexual identity do you want to be? That, that, wasn't, that wasn't a question that you guys wrestled with growing up, was it? I mean, I'm still fairly young, but even in my time, that, that, that wasn't a question that we grew up wrestling with in middle school or in high school when I was, when I was going, right? Uh, we've got other questions that are important too. There are a lot of important questions like, you know, does God care if people live together before they get married? Now, I don't say that to, to bring condemnation on anybody. We're all growing and learning. But that's an important question, right? And that's, that's on the table these days, right? How do we handle money? That's an important question, right? How do we raise our kids? What philosophy? How do we train them? Those are important questions. I mean, there's a lot of questions on the table today that need to be answered. And part of the reason we're going through this series is because we want for you to be confident to come to God with all of life's questions, especially the big ones, right? And we want for you to be confident that in going to God with those questions, He's got the answers that we need. And it's important that I emphasize that because if we go to the world or our culture for the answers to our questions. They've got answers. But usually they're not going to be the answers that we need. And they're not going to be the answers that are lining up with God or His Word. And they're not going to be the answers that are going to help us to build strong, solid, victorious families and lives. Now, the main point of this series, I've Got Questions, isn't really to answer those big hot topic questions But really what we're trying to introduce and have us to emphasize is there's something going on in our culture that's very deceptive, that's very misleading, that's that's trying to bring death to families, to trying to bring death to truth, trying to bring death to your kids and future generations. And it's doing that through what the Bible calls Doctrines of demons. Now, some of you might be thinking, what? Doctrines of demons? Let me just, just to kind of jar our memory. You don't have to turn there. But 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul's writing to his son Timothy. And this is what it says. Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, pointedly or expressly says 
that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed, paying attention to, deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. That's straight from the Bible. So Paul is sharing with Timothy, somehow he caught a revelation from God's Spirit that in latter times, and latter times is the time between Jesus' first arrival when he was born and his ultimate and last arrival when he comes and sets everything straight. So that means that Paul was in latter times and that means that we're in latter times. And he says, some will depart from the faith. Some people who have faith in Jesus Christ that are part of the church family will depart from the faith. In other words, I don't think they're going to get up one day and just say, I'm going to just depart from the faith. But gradually, little by little by little, they begin to drift. Like, have you ever been out fishing on a little boat? I have done a lot of that in a pond maybe. And I'm fishing. I don't have an anchor because I'm just in a little pond and it's not real windy. But after 30 minutes... I'm not in the same place in the boat, in the water, that I was in when I started fishing. And I didn't even recognize it. I just started to drift. And little by little by little, I departed from the place where I started fishing. And now I'm in a totally different place. That's what that means. Some will depart from the faith. They're just going to give up on Christ. Not intentionally. It just happened. How did it happen, though? Paul said, because they're going to pay attention to these deceiving spirits. Spirits from the kingdom of darkness that are real. Just because you can't see them, it doesn't mean that they're not real. They have an assignment from hell, from Satan. And part of their assignment is to bring deception to God's people. The whole world, really. And then they're going to bring these doctrines. Doctrines are teachings. They're doctrines of devils. In other words, these are teachings that come from the kingdom of darkness, that come from the devil. And he uses these teachings, by the way, they're infiltrating our culture. They're infiltrating our government. They're infiltrating the schools, the elementary schools, the middle schools, the high schools. When a representative of our government has to get up and say a prayer and in the prayer in the name of God, he God and she God, something's wrong. When we have to begin to adjust what we know has been reality and truth for so many years. To make room for these deceptions and these teachings that are finding their way into our culture. We need to step back as a people of God and recognize something very spiritual, something very powerful, and something very dark is happening. And we need to understand how we move forward and, and stay where God says we need to stay and have a sure footing so that we don't get caught in that deception and those teachings that are not from God, that are from 
the devil. There's so many examples. If you've been paying any close attention to any news media, to any social media, you're seeing parents all over the place popping up in school board meetings and they're hashing it out with staff and school teachers and school board members and they're talking about why secretly they're having classes and discussion with their children about what identity sexually they want to adhere to. That's happening today in schools. Now that's a pretty extreme example, but that's that doctrines of demons. And that's that deception that's taking place. And the Bible warns us about it. And so I'm thinking about all of this, and I say, Lord, I believe you've got something for parents. You've got something for moms. So the title of today's message, just for a mental note, okay, here it is. Training your kids for war. Come on, how many of you know this is a war? There's a war that's going on in the unseen realm between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of heaven on the earth. And the devil, he wants to take prisoners. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he's not playing games. And so I want us to look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, for our theme verse for today's teaching that will give us a little bit of a springboard and trust that the Lord is going to show us some things about training our kids for war. Mamas, this is for you, but dads and men, this doesn't exclude you, especially if you have kids that are adults. You still have a role to play. You still have influence To give, and God still wants to use you in the lives of your adult children. Proverbs 22.6, look at it with me in your Bible. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Can you see it on the screen? Read it with me. Ready? Read. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, just to clarify, this isn't a guarantee, but it is a biblical principle that we need to lay hold of and catch some understanding so that we can begin to implement this in the lives of mommies and daddies and kids. Now, this word... Train, when I looked it up in the Hebrew text, because the Old Testament, even though we're looking at it in English, it's written originally in Hebrew. It's a word that means discipline. And it's synonymous with the word narrow. So this word train in Hebrew, hanak, H-A-N-A-K, it's talking about a narrow disciplined instruction that you need to be bringing to your kids. How many of you believe that that's what our kids need today? They don't just need the keys to the car at 12 and say, go ahead, honey, the world is yours. Amen? This word train means narrow. It means disciplined. And it's not a word that we should take lightly. He says, train up a child in the way that He should go. Now, that's important to emphasize, too, because those of you who have kids, especially little kids, elementary age kids or smaller, you recognize 
that there's a preferred way they want to go. And if you let them, they'll go in it. But the instruction to you mamas is train up a child in the way they should go. Not just any way they want to go. And this word way, way, W-A-Y, it's the Hebrew word derek, D-E-R-E-K. And it's talking about a mode of life. It's talking about a pathway. It's talking about a journey. Train up your child in the mode of life, in the pathway, in the journey that he should go in, principally speaking, fundamentally speaking. This is your role as a mama, right? You can't depend on the school to do it. Thank God for L kids, directors, and teachers, but you can't just depend on the church to do it. Mamas, amen. This is, you need to train your child in the way that he should go and notice the promise that's connected to it. And when he gets older, he's going to look back on the training at every step of the way, at every decision, at every big question, at every potential deceptive tactic that the enemy throws his way, at everything that the teacher says to him that's seasoned with a little bit of truth, but it's deceptive at its core, at every opportunity he has to make this decision or that decision, when his fans are facing him with peer pressure, your kid is going to think about that training and that way and that mode of life that you raised him in, and he's going to make a decision to not forget and to go God's way. Can you say amen? This is so important. So the first point that I want to make off of this text is this. Mamas, listen. Training is intentional, not accidental. Say it with me. Training is intentional, not accidental. There's something about this time of the year, you know it. People are getting ready to graduate, and there's graduations happening already. Kids are graduating. One of the things that a lot of parents hold dear to their hearts are some of the piano recitals. There's some kids that have been practicing all year their instruments, and we have piano recitals that we have on our TKK campus, and the teacher brings all of their children that they've been training on the piano all year long, and they invite the parents and the family and friends, and they come and they watch the kids give a recital from all of the training they had on the piano, and they can show how they've been improving, right? And then how about training like a lot of parents have their kids in um, like Taekwondo, right? Or, or what is that? Grappling, what is it called? Jiu-Jitsu, right? There's special training that goes in Jiu-Jitsu, right? And then there's all kinds of different sports that kids are in, right? They're in baseball. They're in soccer. They're in basketball. All of those sports require training. And the training is geared towards game day or the big recital day or the wrestling match, or going for the next level in the belt in, in whatever martial arts your kids are in, right? And those are exciting days, and parents show up, and friends show up, and they cheer the kids on, and they want to see them succeed because they've been training. Now, I believe that those are worth celebrating, and I believe those are great, 
And those are important. They help to instill some discipline in the kids and some hard work and, you know, some stick to All of that is important. But let me just graciously, gently, as loving as I possibly can, ask you this question, mamas. How's the training going with your kids in the things of God? Let me put it this way. If we were to have a recital for your kid pertaining to the things of God, maybe the scriptures that they've memorized or the Bible stories that they know or the things that God says in His Word or maybe whether or not they know the Ten Commandments by heart or what some of the things are that are important to God. Mamas, if we had a recital for your kid for that and they came up to do that, how well would they do? Now, I'm not asking that in condemnation. The point of me asking that is, I believe that the Bible tells us that that type of training is way more than training for a piano recital. Way more important than training for jujitsu or taekwondo or swimming or basketball or soccer. Come on, these days... Parents are having to go to other states for soccer competitions, for cheerleading. You pay for a hotel, you buy your own food, and we're going to have a cheerleading competition, and we've been training for that. Nothing wrong with that. Don't hear me say, oh, Pastor Robert said I can't have my kids in sports. That's not what I'm saying. That's great. What I'm saying is, this type of training that's going to keep your child safe from the spiritual attacks that are on his life or her life that will be for the rest of their lives, this type of training is way more important than all of that other type of training. And if you had to make a decision as to which training you should be training your kids in, I would choose for this type of training if it meant all of the other training had to go. Well, then so be it. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. This is far too important, parents, mamas. This is a big deal. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they get older, they won't depart from it. So the first point I made is this. Training is intentional, not accidental. Okay? Okay, turn with me now to 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Chapter 10. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, in the New Testament, chapter 10. And I want to read just a few verses here because it's connected to what we're talking about, right? We're talking about training your kids for war. There's a spiritual war for the household. There's a spiritual war for your kids' lives. There's a spiritual war for families going on, and it's real. Second Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. As a matter of fact, in my Bible, I didn't realize it when I was thinking this through, but in my Bible, at the top of chapter 10, it says the spiritual war. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. Let me read it. Paul's writing to the church, starting in verse 3. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war 
according to the flesh. Can you read it? Come on, read it with me. Come on. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Now that's the New King James. Let me try to simplify it and make it totally, totally easy for everyone to understand. He's saying, for though we live in this natural human body, that's the flesh, we don't fight, we don't war according to our natural human fleshly bodies. In other words, the fight or the war is not natural, and it's certainly not against people. It's deeper than that. And he goes on and he says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The word carnal means natural. They're not fleshly. I mean fleshly. It's not a physical gun. It's not a spear. It's not a bow and arrow. It's not a sword. They're not carnal. But what are they? But they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Okay? So he says, listen, folks. The war you're fighting is not a natural, physical war. Okay? And then he goes on and he says, By the way, I want you to know, the weapons, you have weapons. The weapons that you have are not natural weapons, but they're mighty weapons in God. And what are they for? They're for pulling down strongholds. What's a stronghold, Pastor Robert? Stronghold, when you look it up, in the Greek, it describes a fort. Or we could say uh, an army's fort. Where they've got the big walls and they've got the big gate. And the army's behind them and they're held up in that fort. That's a stronghold. And the enemy moves into people's lives. And he sets up these strongholds. He sets up these forts in our minds and in our hearts and on our emotions. And whether we realize it or not, or whether we meant to give him access or not, we do in many different ways. And when we do, and you give him an inch, he'll take a, a mile, and he comes in. He says, okay, you gave me license, I'm going to come in. And then little by little by little, he sets up these strongholds. He sets up this fort. And he moves in his demonic forces into our lives. In our lives, our spirits, our hearts, our emotions. And he's taking a stance there. And he's going to do everything he can to ruin your life. Through your thinking, through your feeling, and then eventually to your actions. Because if you think on a thing long enough, it builds up emotions. And once the emotions are built up, the next thing you do is you take action. Thinking leads to emotions. Thinking plus emotions leads to action. So he wants to build these strongholds in your life. What these strongholds are meant to do is deceive us, to lie to us, to trick us, to cause us to give heed to these doctrines of demons. And really, they're meant to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus said the thief only comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Okay, Are you with me so far? So he sets them up. And the reason why God's given us these weapons, it says here, is so that we can take down these strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. Listen, for the pulling down of strongholds. Come on. Have you ever had a stronghold in your life 
Do you, do you know someone who might have a strong? Maybe your child has a stronghold. Listen, don't feel bad. This is just reality. This is spiritual warfare 101. And the enemy has targeted your kids. He wants to bring these mindsets, these emotions, these feelings that set up a stronghold. Let me tell you what those look like. Oh, you'll never amount to much. That's a stronghold that kids deal with. Oh, you're really not a boy. You're a girl. That's a stronghold that the enemy set up. It's a spiritual deception. And it gets planted down on the inside of the kids. Mommy doesn't love me like daddy loves me. That's not from God. That's a stronghold. I'll never be able to graduate. I should just do whatever I want because I'm living for today. The enemy wants to put these thoughts and these emotions in your kids and set up territorial strongholds to bring death, to bring deception, to bring destruction. And let me just say this, parents. When your kids are affected like that, it affects the whole household. It does. You know it does. Then he goes on and he says this in verse 5. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ. So let me try to make this real simple. Mamas, we're in a spiritual war for your kids. you got to train your kids for war. And Paul is saying, listen, even though you're a natural mama, you have flesh, your fight is not natural. Your fight is spiritual. And God has given you these mighty weapons. Say mighty weapons. Come on. Mighty weapons. He's given you mighty weapons. What are they for? Therefore, taking down these strongholds that are trying to formulate themselves in your kids' lives. That's what these weapons are for. And then he says, you want to take the mighty weapons and you want to cast down arguments and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against what God knows and what God says and what God's planned for your kids and the peace and the prosperity and the blessing and the purpose that God has for your kids. You've got to take those weapons and you've got to cast down those arguments and every high thing that is trying to take precedence over God's word and God's promises for your kids. That's what he's saying we got to do. And then what you got to do is you got to bring every thought that's not in alignment with God, every thought that your child has, you got to help them to bring every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. Come on, sometimes... Kids, now if I'm wrong about this, you let me know. Sometimes kids, they don't want to obey. Is that true? Right? And there's something going on on the inside of them. And let me just say this. I'm not trying to be over spiritual. But I think they got a little bit of help to rebel and to not want to obey. I don't think it's just them all the time. I think there's a spiritual realm that's going on and they got a little bit of help. And so you got to train them to take those thought processes that want to rebel 
that want to go their own way, that want to disobey mommy and do their own thing, you got to train them to take those thoughts captives and bring them into the obedience of Christ. I know I want to go this way, mommy, but thank you for teaching me the power of God's word and the blessing that comes from going Christ's way instead of going the way of all my friends who are going the wrong way. Come on, somebody say amen. It's so important. So here's the second point I want to make. God, mamas, listen. God has provided mighty weapons for the war. Come on, say it with me. God has provided mighty weapons for the war. Pastor Robert, what are the weapons? I'm glad you asked. Last chapter, Ephesians chapter 6. Look at it with me. Come on, are you getting something out of this so far? Say amen. Ephesians chapter 6. And I just want to read a few verses. I won't take too long. I just want to touch on them to point out these weapons. If you're a mom and you want to train your children from war, you got to know the weapons that God has made available to you. Ephesians chapter 6. It talks about the whole armor of God. And starting in verse 12, listen to what Paul says. He says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. He said that in Corinthians, remember? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're mighty in God. So he's just emphasizing that right here. He's saying, listen, our fight isn't against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's not against physical people. Okay? And then he goes on and he says, but it is against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Let me break it down, simplify it. He's saying, listen, your war is not against physical people. It's against spiritual darkness and all of the different ranks of spiritual demons that are in this spiritual realm fighting against your kids. That's what he's saying. Even though you can't see the demon, he's real. By the way, I don't want to be uh, uh, assuming anything. Some of you here may have seen a demon. There's a lot of people that have seen demons. Not in physical form. They're more of a, a shadow, a dark figure. But they're real and sometimes they'll manifest themselves at that level. And he's wanting us to know that there is a very orderly, rank by rank, spiritual army from the kingdom of darkness. And that's who we're fighting against. He goes on and he says this. Therefore, because of that, take up the whole armor of God, mamas, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. When he says take up the whole armor of God, he's saying, listen, be intentional. Find out what this armor is. Find out what your weapons are and begin to train yourself in them. Begin to train your kids in them. That way when the evil day comes, come on, mamas, you ever had an evil day? When you're like, whose kid is that? It's not mine. Right? In the evil day, you're going to be able to stand. 
That's what he's saying. Now notice what he says this in verse 14. Stand therefore, here's the weapons. If you've got a Bible, you have a pen, you can start circling these if you want to. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Truth. That's a weapon. That's a weapon. You know what that is? Say it. The Bible. Having girded your waist with truth. Now he's going to describe a Roman centurion. And if you do some studying, the Roman centurion, he was arrayed in all kinds of armor. And the belt was very key because he attached his sheath to it. He attached his shield to it. He attached his breastplate to it. In other words, his belt, like your belt, held up his pants. And he's saying, you got to make truth your central part of life. That's weapon number one. Truth. The Bible. Then he goes on and he says this, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. you got to train your kids in truth. And you got to train your kids to know that even though they mess up, if they've received Jesus as Savior... They are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that begins to guard their heart like a breastplate shield guards the centurion soldier. So the second weapon is righteousness. So they got to be built up and trained in truth, the Bible, and then righteousness. Then he goes on and he says, And by the way, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. They have to understand, mamas, you have to train your kids, mamas, to know that because of the goodness of God, He sent Jesus, and they put their faith in Him, they're saved, they're delivered from death and condemnation and judgment and hell, and now they've got the gospel, and because of they got the gospel, they're at peace with God. they got to know that. you got to train them in that. They don't discover that on their own. They're not being taught that in their schools. That's a weapon. They got to know that and you got to train them in that. Then he goes on and he says this, listen, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Do you realize, mamas, that the enemy is throwing fiery darts at your kids? Condemnation, deception, lies, rebellion, self-destruction, bad thinking, all of these darts. Mamas, you got to train your kids in faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Read Hebrews chapter 11. It's known as the hall of faith. You got to teach your kids how to put their faith in God. It doesn't come automatic. The kids aren't going to learn that in school. You're going to have to teach them. So faith is a weapon. He goes on and he says this. I love this. He says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Pastor Robert, what does all that mean? Mamas, you got to help your kids to guard their mind. What does a helmet do for a soldier? It protects their head. He's talking about spiritual weaponry. 
There's a spiritual helmet that you got to teach your children to put on. It's called, listen, the renewing of their mind. And they begin to memorize the word. And they begin to renew their mind with what God says versus what culture says. What God says versus what their friends say. What God says versus that little D, man, on his shoulder, whispering deception and other things into their heart and into their ears. you got to change the way they think so that they think they're not going to learn that from school. You got to help them protect their thinking. Daddy, I don't I just don't think I could make it. Son, let me show you this Bible verse. Jeremiah 29:11. You know it. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Son, That's what God promised His people when they were caught up in Babylonian captivity. No matter how tough it might look, no matter how hard it looks, no matter how difficult it might seem, no matter how dark it might feel, God has a promise for you, son. God's got a hopeful future for you, son. God's with you, son. You're going to make it. Just stay with Him. That thought isn't going to come automatic. you got to train them to think that way and guard their thinking because they're so susceptible to lies and deception of the enemy. And then he goes on and he says this, and take the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is a weapon. Now, just to clarify, a lot of people would say, Pastor Robert, isn't the sword of the Spirit, the Bible, just like the belt of truth? No, the sword of the Spirit is different. The Word of God, praying the Word of God. Your kids can learn how to pray God's Word out of their mouth. And when they pray God's word out of their mouth, spiritual darkness flees. Faith is built up. Strength in God is built up. And they begin to use the weapon of the sword of the Spirit, speaking and declaring and proclaiming and praying God's promises, God's truth in the middle of the warfare that they're going through. Let me tell you, mamas, These weapons work. Come on, say it with me. These weapons work. So what's the point, Pastor Robert? Here's the point, last point. The weapons will work if you use them. Big two-letter word. If you use them. Amen? Come on, stand to your feet as we close and pray. I'm going to have Yolanda come up and pray for you women and pray for you mamas. No, you can use this. Come on. You can talk. I know. Can you all hear me? Okay. Wow. Well, we saw a movie last night of a, it was a militant movie, and I think... That kind of carried over a little here. (laughs) I don't know if I made the connection. Yeah, I kind of did. But in any case, yes, we are living in this world, and it sounds scary, you know, weapons and demons, and they're after our kids. It's that's true, though. It is true, right? All that, all of that is true, and we do have to be spiritually aware of that. And um, I was thinking of moms and. In my 
in my reading recently, I read where um, the, the Egyptian women, when God got the children of Israel out of Egypt, the Egyptian women saw the Israelites, I would say they were tents at that time, or their homes, and said, um, your dwellings are indeed beautiful. You know, and I pondered on that, and I thought, you know, Lord, as we, we, we walk with you, sorry about this, with this sound, Lord, because we're your children, we have the grace of God on us. For them to recognize that their dwellings were beautiful, and these were the Egyptians who had all the gold and had all the dough and had it all together, yet they noticed something of value and something of peace and something of beauty with God's people. And um, I said, you know, Lord, help us to remember that, that as we walk with you, we have your grace. So with all of this, all the responsibilities that moms have with kids and running a household and, and with the husband and work and career and small kids that, you know, take up so much energy, right? Well, all kids do, it really. And then teenage kids that take a lot of emotional energy, you know, and then your older kids and then your adult kids and then your grandkids. There's so many moving parts. But as we, as children of God, we're serving God, we're looking to him, we are graced with his favor. And we're, we're graced to know what to do, what to say, when to say it, when not to say things, because we have the grace of God mm-hmm. on our lives. Just like those ladies did back then, and they were, it was noticed by the Egyptians, so do we. So we can rest in that mm-hmm. and draw on that. Amen? So I just want to remind all the ladies, rest in the Lord. Rest in that grace. Mm-hmm. Know that God has the answers that you need. Um, and I just want to pray for, pray for us. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Father, um, for every woman that's here. Father, I just want to pray a special prayer, God, of grace. Let them rest in your grace. Let them know that you will answer, Father God, their questions. You will show them, Father God, uh, what to do in each situation, God. As they look to you, as they humble themselves before you, Father, as they search your word and ponder your word and, and look for the way you see things, that they, uh, Holy Spirit, help them to see the way God sees. And then they'll have the answers that they need, Father, for every circumstance. I pray, Father, your grace. I pray your peace. I pray your strength. I pray the peace that goes beyond understanding. I pray, Father God, for difficult circumstances that they have to go through, that you would just uh, show yourself strong on their behalf, Father. Your word says that you do that. We love you. You're a gracious God. You want to know all about our lives. You want us to come to you with everything, Father, that concerns us. Your word says that God is concerned with what concerns us. So, Father, we bless you. We give you honor and glory today. We worship you.
Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.